Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Hashtag. I'm Natalie, your host, and today we're talking everything social media, the power of it, and how we want to use it to drive change in society and create value for our audiences. We're talking to more incredible business owners who are sharing their top tips on how to create an engaged audience, and my favorite part, the epic social media fail for this week. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Make sure you click the follow button and keep up to date. And you know what to do. Follow us on all social media after this episode. We're at NLY Social. So I guess my first question is for every guest. Tell me a little bit about what you do. I run an organisation called Inclusive Change. Um, I started that organisation back in January 2020. And it was a result of, I'm going to be perfectly honest, and I'm going to open up with something that's usually quite Okay. Um, I broke in 2019 and I had been working at um, the University of Bristol and had a great career, uh, not just at the university, but prior to that elsewhere. And I broke because my youngest child had got a diagnosis of autism. My eldest was already diagnosed as autistic and I'm not sad about that. I never broke because of that. I broke because of the challenges and the Being a woman in your 40s, looking after a family, trying to keep a job, trying to have a social life, being married, all of those kind of things. Pressure. It wasn't okay to do all of that. So I left work. So that was the one thing I can do without is I left work. And I thought, I'm going to set up my own company and I'm going to work on my own terms. And so I did. So Inclusive Change is an organization that focuses on change management, but also in a big way, neurodiversity and helping organizations and individuals understand what this thing is called neurodiversity I love that Um, that's so important tell us about neurodiversity okay so neurodiversity is in its essence we're all neurodiverse okay the whole human population we're all part of this neurodiverse world okay and if you liken it to biodiversity there's infinite possibilities of how we can all be how we interact with the world what that all means got you but in terms of neurodiversity and I particularly talk about neurodiversity in the workplace you will find sometimes and actually quite a lot now one in ten people are what we call neurodivergent which means You might not process and see the world and experience the world in the same way that generally the rest of the population um, see the world. So what we would call neurotypical. So we start using words like neurodivergent, neurotypical, neurodiverse gets a little bit confusing sometimes. But neurodivergent people are generally those people who might be autistic, might have ADHD, Tourette's, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia. There's usually a few disses all around the place. Neurodiversity is understanding how we can support people in the workplace, in school, in other organisations and taking into account this thing called neurodiversity and not being being more inclusive about it. So hence, inclusive change. Yeah, I love that because talk about the challenges that you've experienced, I guess, as both a mum and Mm -hmm. also in the employment world how there's actually bigger barriers for neuro I talk a lot about something called the social model of disability and a lot of people who are neurodivergent probably won't see themselves as disabled it's just who you are you're born like it yeah how we grow up and how we experience the world so my son for instance who's nearly 16 and is taking GCSEs and is starting to think about the world of work when I ask him well could you come and explain to people what it's like to be autistic and he says 
I can't really explain that because I can only tell people what my world is like and how I experience the world. So I can't say to anybody, oh, this is what it feels like to be autistic. I can tell them what it feels like to be me. But some of those big challenges that, that happen are things like stigma. Yeah. That comes through that, that social model of disability. People's perceptions, pe- the way people might think about stereotypes, for instance. You'll also find things like one of the biggest problems, particularly with somebody who is autistic, is anxiety. Right. It kind of comes as a package because you get anxious about lots of different things sometimes. Yeah. Um, other challenges might be if you are ADHD, and these are generalizations, you might find it difficult to focus. You might have lots of things going on in your mind. And actually, more recently, even my partner has started to say to me, Lucy, I think you maybe ought to think about how you're doing things because I am constantly having things in my mind that I can't stop. I don't, I don't stop thinking ever. And yeah. I've always thought, that's really, that's just normal. Yeah. Apparently it's not. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Some people sleep. You know? I was going to say, you kind of like surmised like my entire being, really. My whole mind is constantly pinging. <laughs> in fact, there is evidence that entrepreneurs tend to be overrepresented in terms of neurodivergence. So a lot of entrepreneurs may be neurodivergent. So that could be dyslexic. So Richard Branson's dyslexic. Yeah. Jamie Oliver. Um, I could name a lot of dyslexic people, wow. actually. People who are autistic, people like Elon Musk. Yeah. Chris Packham. And then there, again, people like Melanie Sykes, who's just come out as autistic because she's just found out herself. And she's in her 50s and she's just found out that she's autistic. And as I said earlier, her experience of the world is her normal. And she didn't realize that any of that was different to the way anybody else felt. Yes. Until it kind of gets pointed out. And and mostly it will come with, it will come if your child is diagnosed as, as, as neurodivergent or autistic. And I suppose that's the, that's the important thing, isn't it? Because I'm sat there going like, okay, so, you know, did Melanie Sites have a tough life? I don't know. Don't, I don't know her. But, you know, no. it is, you know, finding out something like that at 50, 60 years old, you know, do you then what, try to experience what do you life do? in a different way? What do you do? Yeah. And, and I've been um, a trainer with an organisation called the Curly Hair Project for about four years now. And I provide training in and around autism, particularly about females who are autistic. Okay. And mostly I meet women who come up to me and say exactly that. I found out I was autistic in my 30s, 40s, 50s. So they've lived their whole life and they never knew. They knew they were different. So usually what happens, and, and, and within the girl with the curly hair, how we explain this is, you know, you, you feel different and you have trouble sometimes fitting in, might have trouble with social interaction, communication, understanding things, might find things overwhelming in terms of sensory stuff. But nobody's ever said, oh, that's because mm. you're neurodivergent. It's just about that light bulb and that realisation and incredible empowerment now, yeah. knowing the reason why you might have struggled with certain aspects of your life. Yes, that totally makes sense. What do you enjoy most about the work that you do? Helping people, I think, and, and helping people understand and making a difference. So for me, one of my big passions in drivers is that I want to make a difference for the next generation of young people coming up through school and moving into mm-hmm. the workplace. Being able to support and help organisations open up their world and talk about neurodiversity so that it becomes completely acceptable, completely inclusive. Wow. That's one of the things I really enjoy, really enjoy. 
That's fantastic. And, you know, so happy to have you on Beyond the Hashtag is because you're purpose driven, because, you know, you are using that 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 deep drive to do something mm. and make a difference to the communities that you work with and live in. We're a social media and comms agency. You know, it would be silly of us to not discuss social media. What part does what part does social play in your business? A big part in my business, actually. It's an interesting part, even though I'm not very good at it. Facebook in particular is one that we use to drive sales to our shop, to encourage community, to talk about what we're doing, to get traction. And I find most of the people who use and and are our social media followers, actually, it's it's something I've learned in the past six months. They don't um, necessarily always interact with us, but they lurk. So there's this secret world of people that follow me on on the internet that don't ever interact with me. And that's reassuring, is it? I think that's um, I think there's a lot of people that do that demographically. But I think that demonstrates the ROI of social. We were talking about this on another episode about like I think a lot of people poke holes in social media, going like, well, what's the return on investment going to be from the offset? Um, and you're like, well, there's probably not a lot at the offset, actually. And this is a yeah. long term strategy. And, and you know, you know that that's delivering you some return so you can continue to do it. And if in seven months time, another person comes in and says, I saw you on social media. Well, that's the, the very reason yeah. why you should be using it. Yeah, absolutely. I use um, other elements as well. Twitter is something that I've been cool. part of for, since, oh, 2013 2014 so Amazing. way back are you quite, when. A- are you quite active on there I was and I'm not as much now but I was um, yeah. but I found Twitter is quite it's quite useful to make connections with people and then I think oh do you know what I'm going to reach out to that person and so I'll either reach out to them through, via Twitter or I'll contact them directly and say you know oh I've seen this I'd love to connect with you or I'd love to talk about about something in, in terms of that but I Twitter is, has changed over the years I'd probably say and it's, a, it's a little bit more aggressive sometimes yeah and I, I have that reputation yeah. yeah and sometimes I just have to scroll through because I cannot yeah. get down that rabbit hole well I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed the list feature on Twitter and like creating yeah. my own curated feed actually so actually pulling those people that I want to read tweets and content from and sticking them in a list that way I can still follow loads of people and still have them there yeah. and really grow, but actually just really hone in on the content that I just want to look at from the people that I admire. And that's always one of my, my piece of advice, actually, in terms of health and well-being is, is for everyone to remember that you pick your feed, you decide who you see. And I think that's yeah. really important when you, when you look at negative comments. If you don't like it, get rid. Interestingly, thinking about generations and thinking about the people I I. Um, want to work with and the, the young people that I want to work with more and more young people are actually ditching social media yeah. and ditching smartphones they, yeah. they've, they've they've had enough I I personally think that there's a a bit of a revolution that might happen in terms of digital media mm. particularly with that generation where they will go that's not what I want to that's not where I want to be anymore that doesn't represent me anymore and I'm not experiencing real life yeah I think you're right I think there's going to be potentially a shift more towards people being more responsible or, or taking control of yeah. their feeds and yeah. what they do and what they post and what they see. Um, and I think yeah. other channels like your TikTok and Reels and and things that and Messenger apps, things that actually offer a much more intimate experience that's one to one with people is really important. Yeah, 
what what's your um what's your relationship like personally with social media I tend not now to put too much on personally Mm -hmm. however my business and my passion and purpose are kind of very much linked to me as an individual yeah and so the stuff I put on social media for my business is very much me so it's not a, a facade it's not just you know inclusive change is this and we do this it's usually that's what I'm doing yeah. and that's me and that's what my values are telling you all about so yeah yeah personally yeah mm. and I and I I do get sucked into it it's a time time sucker I must it, say it really can be can't it but I think that's a really good point you made there about the whole intersection of you as a person and your company because we've been talking about this on previous episodes about content that works so again like yeah you know, rather than thinking about likes and followers and what's the best hashtags and how many do I use, actually the conversation needs to remain what's the best type of content to be sharing. And a lot of people are talking, you know, in in this industry, we always talk about that authenticity. What content works for you the best? Sometimes it's stuff that's really raw and really like, just want to talk about this or this is an experience I've had today. I've noticed LinkedIn has very much changed and rather than just being pure, pure business organisations, there's a lot more personality and a lot more authenticity on LinkedIn. Yeah, we were talking about this with our guests the other day, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I just think when I put posts out that are a bit more personal or asking for interaction or things that mean something to people, that's when I get the best interaction. Right. The best interactions I've got, actually, are usually around things like sustainability Mm-hmm. Um, zero waste products yep. um, things that are making a difference and, and I quite often will intersperse it with neurodiversity we're doing this we've, you know, we've created this project we're doing that, get in touch that's when I see a lot more interaction So you're actually creating value aren't you? You're, you're yeah. promoting stuff that people care about Yeah, and you're probably doing it in a way that people want to read because actually, I'd like to think yeah, so. You're, you're talking about stuff that is going to make a difference to somebody's life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think any business that's promoting on themselves on social media needs to consider the customer journey, don't they? The, the journey yeah. that someone's going to go on with you. And you know, what I always ask myself, like, will our audience care about this post? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I talk about that with our clients as well. I was like, Will your customer or your audience, because your audience might even be your customer yet, will they care about the thing that you're about to press post on? Yeah, because otherwise there's a lot on the internet. They'll just scroll on through. Exactly. If they don't, don't post it because the world has enough stuff online and enough scrolling content to scroll through. Like make sure yours counts. How do you plan prep? What, you know, for your social, do you? Is it one of your... Is on your to-do list constantly? It's constantly on my to-do list. And as I mentioned earlier, I have a brain that never stops. So I usually wake up very early and I start work on things like that very early in the morning. And it will be, ping, <gasps> got a great idea. Right, we're going to do yeah. this. My challenge, I do think, actually, is that I am very controlling around what what we publish and what we put out on social media. Okay. And so in terms of planning, I have, other people that work with me and I'd love to be able to go you do this you do all this but then it never comes out quite right (laughs) and so my planning goes a little bit awry because I'm like right okay we've got a six-week plan I want this 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 and this to happen 
And then those six weeks fly by and two days before the event or two days before something, nothing's happened. Or they'll, they'll do something. A famous one in our team is um, Wimbledon last year. We had, we've got a lovely lady who works with us and she was doing some social media posts and she put out about strawberries for Wimbledon. But the problem was we didn't have any strawberries in the shop. Oh, and no. so it's like, could you just check that we've got yeah. strawberries in the shop before? And that was just a learning exercise. I needed to help her understand why there was a link between what we're doing and what we can, the expectations yeah. that we can live up to and things like that. So exactly. planning, I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? Like planning, planning can be, you know, using a spreadsheet, planning can be having a meeting, planning, you know, but it really does start that, at the top with that consideration of, what, what are we saying? What do we want to do? Yeah. What, do we need to not, what do we need to fill in the gaps with? But also tying it up full circle and going, okay, we've, we've planned, we've prepped, we've drafted. Let's just make sure we sense check all the stuff before we press post. Yes. Because once it's out there, it's very, diff- yeah, it's very difficult to bring it back in. Yeah. And I hate deleting stuff. Like I'm not a deleter on socials as much as I can help it no I'd leave it there sometimes and just kind of go I'm I'm owning that mistake yeah so working with other people and planning for me is quite quite a challenge um but usually in my head I've got a plan I'm like oh oh yeah okay right okay I'm gonna do a blog about this that's not the right timing to do I've written it published but I'm not gonna shout about it and things like that so I've got so many blogs in my head so Mm -hmm. many blog posts that I'm desperate to be written yes absolutely (laughs) Same, they will same, be there, yeah. they'll be there somewhere at some point yeah. I mean that, that extra support is is massive help even if that's someone just to bounce ideas off somebody to write up what yeah. you're thinking somebody to do the bits that you don't like whether that be the visual whether that be the writing whether that be the scheduling I think that's really important because we can be great at the core things that we do yeah I have a friend who she runs a, an equine therapy um business but in order to grow a business, she feels, I need to be on social, I need to be doing this, and I need yeah. to have that. So it takes her away from what she can add value with herself because she's spending hours and hours trying to work out what looks good on her website or what a, po- what good a, a good post looks like and worrying about likes and follows. And that's not that's no. not her core. No. And also, they don't necessarily matter. Yes. You know? So let's yeah. not worry about likes and follows. Let's just worry yes. about creating good content and telling your story yeah. on a platform that you're comfortable with where most of your audience is hanging out. Although yeah. I always and say, they come with you. exactly. And I do always say, I think any business can make any platform work. You've just got to give people a reason to meet you there. Yeah. Now it's time for one of my favorite bits of the podcast. It's time for our weekly social media fail. At the end of every episode, we're asking each of our guests what fail they've seen or that they remember on social media and more importantly what they thought of it and what we can learn for it so let's dive in so the big one that comes to mind right now madonna and photoshop that's the thing i think about when i think of social media fails i've recently read a quick article um from a woman who madonna actually photoshopped her own head onto another woman's body and didn't really think anything about it, didn't give her any credit. The woman now is basically calling her out online and calling her out for photoshopping her head onto somebody else's body. Lucy, thank you so much for being on Beyond the Hashtag with me. It's been amazing talking to you, hearing about all the wonderful work that you do, and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Hashtag. Make sure you tune in to every episode. And again, follow us on social media. We're at NLY Social on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, you name it, we're there. And I hope to see you all soon. 